So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, and today we're gonna talk about the world's currency, which apparently is the US dollar, and this is something that I didn't know before, and there's actually a why, you know? Uh, there seems to be a why, there seems to be a reason for that, and this is what we're gonna talk about today, because I don't know, you know? The primarily, primary reason is, I don't know, <laughs> quite. But I'm gonna see you after the intro, as always, and I'm pumped. You know, I'm quite pumped in my ass, my little tiny ass. Can you see it? No, you can't. So yeah, I'm gonna solve that. I'm gonna solve that pretty quickly. So now you should be able to see it and everything is also quite nice. We maybe gonna make it a little tiny bit bigger there. Could it actually be the case that it is it? Can I just make it smaller? No, I can't. Well, anyways, so this is again from the How Stuff Works site. I think it's actually a really cool site and a really interesting one as well because they're just, as I said in just the previous episodes as well, they're just talking about some things that I wouldn't be talking about just or wouldn't think about actually, which is a, a pretty cool thing and a pretty amazing thing. So I really also hope that you like this website as well and that you hope, uh, I hope that you like the content as well. And But I think we're just gonna go ahead, you know, I just do not wanna waste so much time, always. So why is the US dollar the world's currency? By Dave Ross and, or Ruse actually, no Ross, and it was actually published today. So it's a really new and recent article. US 20 bills are seen in the cash drawer of a bakery shop in Caracas. Venezuela on June 26, 2019. Venezuelans have turned to the US dollar to pay for everyday purchases since their own currency, the Bolivar, has devalued by 95%. Which is an interesting thing. I mean, which really is an interesting thing, but it's also just a really strange thing as I'm just thinking about because, I mean, if you think about it, you're just you're just choosing another piece of paper. But this piece of paper is better than just the other one, as you can see in the picture there. Like, it is a fucked up and strange thing, to be honest. When economic times are uncertain, people want to put their money in something solid. That helps explain why 80% of all $100 bills in circulation are now held outside of the United States. What? That's up from only 30% back in 1980. Now it is 80%. Like, this is just really 80%. 80 you know, it is something. It is uh, quite something. The steep rise in the number of 100 bills held overseas, close to two Xenos for every person on the planet, is a signal that people around the world recognize the dollar as the de facto global currency. They have confidence that it that if their local currency goes barely up, the dollar will hold steady. And I, I mean, I also kind of have to say, like, if we think about the United States, like, there's a lot of major companies there. You know, if you... And this is, by the way, also something that... Who said that? It's I'd actually been Gary Vee, but I'm actually not quite sure. I'm really unsure about that right now. Somebody said that if you're just not putting your money into the... Uh, I think it's actually been about the S&P 500, if I'm not just wrong there. That you're basically also kind of thinking about and, and saying that you uh, that, that you think that the, you, the United States is gonna go down. Because the S&P 500 is just based on all the fucking companies that are in the United States. Quite nothing else. And, and I mean, if you just bet against that, if you just say like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna just do my money into that, or I'm not just gonna uh, just buy myself some S&P 500 stocks or something, then you're actually basically saying, no, I just don't do this because I don't believe in the United States quite, unless you just, you know, besides other reasons, of course, you know, but if you can decide, then I think it is actually a, a good decision, also maybe a really necessary decision, because I mean, like, they're major companies, like all the fucking companies are in the United States, most often, like, 
I think in that sense, it just makes sense that the dollar per se and as such is just a really stable currency as well. And I also really um, trustworthy, I'd say, even though like, but I do just now wonder why the, the euro is relatively stable just compared to something like this. Like there's not a lot of major companies in in Europe, I know. I think all the headquarters are actually just in the United States, as far as I remember, or as far as I know, actually. It's not only individuals that are stuffing 100 bills under their mattresses, which is, by the way, at, at least as I just know and as I've seen, not the best idea, but but I'm basically doing it as well. So yeah, for a rainy day, it's for eyeing governments too. Governments don't stockpile physical dollars in their central banks, but they do buy up loads of US treasure bonds and T-bills, which are valued in dollars. As of January 2020, Japan and China each owned more than 1 trillion in US treasury securities, followed by the United Kingdom with 372 billion and Brazil, which some Brazil with 283 billion. But what I think about right now is like, isn't just Brazil not like the richest country, but they're having like 283 billion in those bonds. Like, I don't know if this is a good investment. Like, I just really don't fucking know. But, but I think it is just some money, kind of. But well. According to the National Monetary Fund, more than 61% of the world's cash reserves are held in dollars. 61%. 61. 61%. You know, it's, it's quite something. You know, I gotta have to say so. Uh, when even an economic powerhouse like China holds a trillion US dollars, which is insane, by the way, in reverse, that is a good sign that, that the dollar is still considered the mightiest of the global currencies. The dollar wasn't always the world's de facto currency, though. So what changed? You know, uh, they gotta have to be some change, I guess, or had to be some change. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A little currency history. Before World War II, a global currency, all global currencies were backed by gold and each government guaranteed that its money was good for a certain amount of gold. Yes, this is something that we all did, like every single country. And I also have to say, like, it makes sense, like saying, okay, this currency is based on the gold reserves that we're having. Like, it just makes sense. I know that that there is actually some value and that there's actually some, some, some worth behind something that's actually as such is not having any worth. Like, we're just, just talking a fucking piece of paper. Like, it is a fucking piece of paper. Paper. Even if we think about it, the coins themselves would actually be more worth than the paper on uh, the paper our money is printed on. Probably, I assume. I'm actually not quite sure if we kind of consider like there's special printing and, and all these stuff. Maybe then not, kind of. But, but but yeah, I mean, it is an insane thing, and therefore it just also, at my point of view or in my point of view, makes sense that uh, that it was backed by gold. But nowadays, it's not really the case. You know, there's so much money we couldn't do that. You know, we are not able to do something like that. Then came the Britain or Bretton Woods Agreement of 1944, which created the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, and also established the the US dollar as the new gold. The US held most of the world's gold supply. Oh, the dollar continued to dominate during the post WW2 boom years. Jonathan David Kirshner, professor of political science and international studies at Boston College, says that the rise of the dollar order was built on four pillars the robustness of the US economy, which is still the case, I'd say, the widespread belief in the American model of finance and wealth of US financial institutes, oh, sorry, and Americans' leading role in international affairs. Which I think, as I'm thinking about, is kind of a construct that is kind of just tied in itself quite you know if you're just having a good economy then of course uh you're gonna just play a, a more or less huge role in national affairs international affairs and all those things so i think just a lot of things come with just other things 
which is good. Good for the Americans. Good for the Americans. Also kind of good for us, you know, because we can just buy the dollar and stuff. So most of the world's monetary relations were orchestrated between the US and its political allies and military dependencies, says Kirshner, who co-edited a book on a book on the future of the dollar. It was natural to be conducted in dollars. The Bretton Woods fixed exchange rate scheme collapsed in 1970s when Richard Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard during a period of domestic inflation and many industrialized economies chose to float their currencies on the open market. Quote unquote, float, as they say. At that time, some economists began to predict the downfall of the dollar. Not that it would lose value, but that it should, that it would lose its dominance as the world's de facto currency. Yeah, quite. Let's see. If not the dollar, then what? Over the decades, most of those pillars that made the dollar king of the post-war economy have been toppled, says Kirshner Rishon, uh, has been toppled. Yes, I can read. You know, it's something that I can do. It's something that I'm really good at. <laughs> Unfortunately, not actually. You know, in, in that sense, it is unfortunate. But I think in other senses, it's just a good thing because who knows what the trade-off might be of, okay, I can just read better or more fluent or whatever, what's the trade-off? You know, maybe it's actually the talking part as as such, or maybe it is thinking or being athletic or just whatever the fuck, you know? Who knows? You know, who really knows? I don't know. You might know, but I don't know. But you might know. I don't know, you know, we know, nobody knows. What I know is that I don't know. Let's see. Recessions, stock market bubbles and the global financial crisis have revealed cracks in the American financial model and the US has lost lots of its political dominance with many governments and corporations choosing to do business with China or Europe instead. Yet, the numbers show that the dollar is still a currency that nations and individuals turn to as safe harbor in economic storms. But why then? The ultimate reason is simply one, says Kirshner, the lack of a plausible alternative. If not the dollar, then what? There have been periodic calls to shift more resource holdings to the uh, to the euro, the Chinese RMB, or even back to gold. But the dollar still rings supreme. Uh, supreme. When countries shop for a reserve currency that's stable, secure, and liquid, easy to convert back to local money. The dollar is still the, fa- uh, the, the default. In fact, some countries such as Panama and El Salvador uses or use US dollar as their legal tender. The US government doesn't have to give approval for another country to use the dollar as its official currency. Which is still strange. I mean, you can just use the dollar as like your currency. Nobody can say anything against it. Like it is a cool thing actually. Like if Austria would be like, well, now we, ah, I think... I think if you're in a European Union, that there might be some problems if you just say something like that, or if you just try to do that. Besides the fact that I think, but I'm not quite sure. Let's actually see that. You know, let's actually dollar, dollar versus euro. Let's see. Let's see who is more worth. One, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, and this is like a point, I would say it's, it's a point, it's not the point, but it's a point. But the thing is, if we just have a look at this, the euro, one euro is 0.92, uh, I'm sorry, one United States dollar is 92, uh, 0.92 euros, which means that the euro as such is more worth than the dollar. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't know if this, has, if this is having something to do with trade wars and stuff like that, but I mean, if this currency is just more valued or higher in value, then what about that then, you know? What about this thing? Uh, for Yeah. So what about a one world currency? Which is not going to happen, Krishna says. <laughs> I do uh, wonder why, actually. Because, I don't know. 
And I'm, by the way, sorry for just sounding a little bit nozzle. I don't actually know why. Uh, maybe because I haven't been sleeping a lot in the past few days, <laughs> which uh, is not that of a good thing. Um, you should sleep. You really should sleep and you should really get your sleep. But, um, but yeah, it's just not something sometimes that I'm getting because I want to do more things. And uh, just after I've done all the things that I have to do and I want to do, I also just want to chill a bit and then I just take the time for that. And then most often I'm just trading my time for or my sleep time for time to just actively quote unquote rest. Quite. The first reason is political. There is simply no political will to have one world government or one world currency. The second reason we won't see an earth dollar or the whole world using the US dollar for their official currency anytime soon has to do with an economic theory called optimal currency area. That states that a single currency only operates efficiently over a relatively small geographical area. Size of a country, for example, not a continent. That's because different... Well, what about Europe then? Like the, the majority of... The states in Europe is having the euro. Besides uh, Switzerland, I, I'm not quite sure, but I think Croatia, if I'm not quite sure, or something down there is also not having the euro, but, but yeah, anyway. That's because different regions might be experiencing very different economic conditions at the same time. One country might be in recession, for example, while another one is booming, which then is a little bit like problematic, I'd say. If you only have one money in the world, in the whole world, then you only have one monetary authority, which means you only have one monetary policy, says Krishna. In reality, different regions or countries would need monetary policies more tailored to their individual needs. Yes, because we are all living differently, quite, you know. Uh, Europeans live differently than Americans, and just uh, people living in China also live differently than just people in Europe, and also, again, people in the United States. So, I think it just makes sense, you know. I think it, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it is a good thing. That's one of the reasons why the euro hasn't supplanted the dollar as the global currency. The eurozone itself is not an optimal currency area, says Krishna, which means that EU authorities have to enact monetary policies that somehow serve economies in very different financial conditions, like Germany and Greece. Events like the eurozone debt crisis further eroded faith in the euro as the next default currency. Yeah. You know? But also in the end, I, I just kind of think like, well, who gives a shit? Like, if it is the, the euro now, if it is something else now, like, just, I mean, if, 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 we, have, if we are having everything that we need, uh, then everything is quite fine. I know, I'd say, like, yes, I would say so. There's actually something that kind of shot into my mind, kind of, catched my eyes. Also not kind of. Well, anyway, why do Americans sell soda by the liter, but milk by the gallon? This is a semi-good question, <laughs> actually <laughs> because uh, neither one of those things is, is a good thing you shouldn't be selling soda by the leader i think yeah i, I mean like it has something to do with economy uh, economics ec with the economy let's put it like this and economics because i mean the whole soda industry is a good industry for making a lot of money also i think the milk industry is probably also making quite a lot of money um therefore just my intention to just let people live a healthy life and being like well i'm gonna sell so small fucking soda cans and bottles that you're not gonna fucking buy that because it is so fucking expensive like having like something like something alcoholic that's really low in in, in volume or really low in just uh, it's not size i think it's actually volume i'd say um and just which is well even though people also buy that kind of you know they also buy that but but still i think not too many people would then buy like a shot of fucking cola you know i think just nobody kind of even though like there's gonna be some people that are gonna buy that i sh i am quite sure about that but yeah 
think I'm actually gonna end the episode there. I think it's actually been a pretty cool episode. I hope that you've also liked it with the camera just movement. Let's put it like this. I think I'm gonna do it like this and then edit it normally, just only cutting things out, which I think is making it a little bit easier for me. And because I just don't like post-production, like it is something that I just don't really like. And I kind of hope and wish that I'm able to just get around this whole thing. But yeah, I would say that, uh, uh, by the way, the question of today, the question of today is, 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 do you believe in the dollar? What do you think about this topic? What do you think about like the dollar being the, the global currency? Do you think it is a good thing? Or if you're just not having an opinion on these things, are you feeling good? Are you feeling good today? Is your family fine? Are you fine? Is everything okay at your place? Is everything all right? Because just I'm thrilled to know that like I really am. I really hope that everything is fine. I really hope that everything is good. But yeah, I'm going to end the episode there, I guess. And I assume so. I'll see you the next time. I at least hope. So I wish you the best health, health, happiness, and also success. And also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy. It basically means just being a nice person and then being remembered as a nice person, which is a good thing. You know, a tippy top good thing. I like that. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? You know, these three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is a good thing. You know, it's it might even be an amazing thing. It depends on how you talk about it and think about it. But, you know, it might be even just a super duper good thing. But yeah, anyway, hopefully going to see you the next time. Bye bye. And thank you from the bottom of my fucking heart. Like, I really appreciate the time and everything. But I'm going to see you.